Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Jackson Burkett. This is our one hour of radio glory. Welcome, friends. Celebrate the glory with us today. What a day. Nice. What a day. And you're happy because Missouri beat Edwardsville last night. Yeah, that was a plus. Um, I thought... The second half against Memphis was the worst shooting performance of all time. And it was Edwardsville in the second half. I was half. wrong. The second half of, with SIUE was the worst shooting performance of all what time. What did they shoot? I think 7% in the second half. Nice defense by the Tigers, I guess. They went on a 16-and-a-half-minute run without a field goal. I mean, that is, like, poof, that's rough. Were you locked in for that thing? I watched every second of wow, it. Wow, did you really? Were you, like, screaming at the TV? No, no, not this early in the year. Come uh, February. Yeah, absolutely. I will be yelling at the television, but I don't know what the Tigers are going to look like this year. If it's not going to be like it was last year, then I probably won't be as emotionally invested. Okay. All right, that's fine. You're a prince no matter what. We welcome you to text in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, we also welcome you to uh, to uh, participate in the YouTube chat. And then this Balloon Party fan page is uh, is becoming a, a, a big topic on TMA. Right. Now, Jackson, we are not responsible for this fan page on uh-huh. Facebook. No, sir. And I don't know if people can just search it and join it, because I had a gentleman email me to my Hubbard email yesterday saying, I can't find the Balloon Party fan page, but we are not responsible for it. Right. right. So I would assume you just type in Balloon Party. Yeah, I'd bet it. I, I, I assume you type in But I would imagine there are a lot page. of shows all over the country named balloon party right right you there's like filters where you can localize it like in st louis kind of thing um because you're right i think just on the east coast alone there's 14 other shows called balloon party um but yeah i'm sure you just search it up and request to join again we don't have anything to do with it yeah but it's lovely that's there we've cultivated one hell of a community yeah and they're uh, very active in the youtube chat you can go in there and talk it over throughout the course of the program jackson has what he's calling today a thoroughfare tuesday presented by angry beaver yeah man uh feel free listeners Uh-oh. send in a topic Uh-oh. if you'd like Uh-oh. deep dive requests Uh-oh. it's again it's the listener's show it's the people's show and we want to deliver the best possible product uh, I also have a little pills half and half. There's plenty of topics to discuss. But if you want something specific, maybe something off the beaten path a little bit, sure. send it on in either in the YouTube chat or on the text line. Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Our YouTube chat, the camera is sponsored by the Air Alliance team. And this program is presented by Munganast, Burkard, Alton, Toyota. Jackson, before we go to your little piddles, Thoroughfare Tuesday presented by Angry Beaver. You have that Ken Rosenthal audio I texted you about, oh, I don't know, 5.30 this morning, 5.45, hell, I don't know. I thought that this was, uh, this was intriguing to me because, as I looked directly into the camera and talked to all the ladies in that YouTube chat, I didn't know that Ken Rosenthal was advocating what I have been advocating, 
which is the trade of Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. And my reasoning, just for the record, is because I think the Cardinals are so far away from being championship contenders that it ain't going to happen and therefore get something in return now while one gentleman is a year away from free agency and another still has value at 33 years of age. That is my, that is my thought process. And then rebuild. And I know that won't be popular in St. Louis. And I didn't know that anybody had really been talking about it. Well, apparently, Ken Rosenthal had. Here is what he had to say about his conversation with the Cardinals regarding the possibility of trading Paul Goldschmidt and Owen Arnado. It's in the context of saying that he thinks the Brewers should trade Corbin Burns. The problem with that idea is that the Cardinals are not trading Arenado. And I actually advocated last season for the Cardinals to do just that, trade Arenado and Goldschmidt, who is entering the last year of his contract. So Brewers fans, it's not just your team I sometimes advocate for breaking up, okay? So I wrote that, but it never really was a serious possibility for the Cardinals. John Moselock, their president of baseball operations, has said repeatedly that they're keeping those two guys, that they're trying to build. They want to add two and a half starting pitchers. It started off as three. It's now two and a half. They're going to be active in free agency and in the trade market trying to keep this team or return this team to prominence. That's their plan. In my view, you trade Arenado and Goldschmidt, you build around the young core. It's the same idea that the Brewers would be embarking upon if that's the course that they choose this offseason. But the Cardinals are simply not going there. There you go. So Ken Rosenthal advocated for it. Do you recall that by chance? I don't remember. I, like I read and listen to a lot of his stuff, and I just don't remember it. The trade deadline, if you remember, was just so much going on, and we were real focused on that article from uh, the LA, LA Times, right, about possibly getting rid of Arenado. So I can't remember in that shuffle, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest yeah. if you had that opinion. Um, Intriguing. I mean, there was. A, I would think most people would consider him a credible baseball voice. One of the most. So you know, outside of this market, there is someone who, if you, in your own eyes, believe he is a credible baseball voice, asks that question. This is just. I keep going back to it. This is such a brutal spot because the fans want. Watch this. Nay, expect. The card. Did you like that? Anytime you say nay, I'm I, I all in. Yeah. But then I also turned as if I was speaking right. on the floors right. of Congress. And like your thumb was like a centimeter long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like a little nubbin for loving. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> like a playing nubbin. tiddlywinks. Look at this. Oh, look. The boy has a microween. That's what it looks like. Uh. Watch this. Nay, expect the Cardinals to sign Aaron Nola or Blake Snell. I really feel like that is what the expectation is from Cardinal fans this year. Or at least be in on them. You know? I don't think being in on them, people are tired of that. Yeah. And then you just get into this spot. Just get into this spot. Yeah. Listen, hey, I want them to be successful. I'm just, I also fear that it ain't going to work out and then they're going to be paying for it in the back half of the decade. That is my position. I'm going to freestyle a little question here for you. Wow. This is a bonus question to today's Little Piddles Angry Beaver Thoroughfare Tuesday. That's right. Do you think that fans have that expectation of getting one of those guys because baseball is not a salary capped league where essentially you don't really have an excuse for not signing them because you can spend more money. I'm not saying that they should or not otherwise, but 
because you can spend more money, that means therefore you should spend more money. And this team is clearly in need of pitching, so you got to back up the Brinks truck, for lack of a better term. I think that factors into it, yes. I think that if you were to review Seattle Mariners fans right now and how many people in St. What percentage of the St. Louis population is reviewing Seattle Mariners fans' comments this offseason? What's the lowest decimal point I could get to? Point zero infinity and then throw a one and then yeah. a percentage? Yeah, that's I'm comfortable with that. Well, number. guess what they're complaining about? Their owner not spending money. Right. It's kind of what goes on with baseball fans. And why? Because there is no cap. Right. And so you don't hear about Tom Stillman and spending money here. Man, Tom Stillman doesn't have much money in comparison to a lot of owners, and he's always trying to make the team better. Doug Armstrong's always trying to make the team better. That is not the narrative surrounding the Cardinals. So here, as opposed to the previous years where they went to the playoffs, at least 19, 20, 21, and 22, you have a year where not only they didn't go to the playoffs, they finished in last place, won 71 games, and now fans are like, okay, you have to do something now. You didn't tend to the pitching last year. You have to do something now. The problem is everybody else who is a competitive team is going to be going after pitching. Mm-hmm. And while there is a lot of pitching available, there's only one Blake Snell, only one Aaron Nola. And everybody's going to be in on them. Now, John Morosi tweeted out that the Cardinals and the Braves are active early on on Aaron Nola. Yes, the Braves. You have the uh, Morosi here. Take a listen to this. Here's John Morosi. Starting rotation, Matt. Starting rotation, indeed. And a couple names have really emerged as strong possibilities for the Atlanta Braves. Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray. Both free agents right now. Of course, Sonny Gray from Smyrna, Tennessee. So not far at all away from Atlanta. It'd be something of a homecoming for Sonny after he put together some Cy Young candidate caliber numbers there with the Minnesota Twins. And then Aaron Nola, very much in demand. We've seen how well Aaron has pitched during the course of his career in the postseason, especially with the Philadelphia Phillies. So the interest in both of them is very strong. And I believe when you look at this this lineup that they've got, Matt and Harold, how strong and cost-controlled their position player group is, they have the ability to go out there and spend on a free agent pitcher because of how disciplined they have been with their position players. And let's remember this, too. Max Freed, a free agent after 2024. So you would ideally like to have somebody like Nola or Gray signed for the long term to ensure against the potential departure of Max Freed following 2024. So if you include the Braves in there and what the priority is of take your pick of whichever free agent pitcher, but one of the top tier pitchers, we're talking about Snell and Nola right now, and that's what Morosi was talking about. He was talking about Nola. you know, you have a chance to go play and pitch with that lineup right? Yeah. and make a bunch of money. So the thing about free agency is that it's not a trade. It is two parties agreeing. Furthermore, and I think perhaps this is at the subconscious, but I think the fact that the Cardinals have not been able to land one of the top tier free agents in the last I don't know what, however long you would want to go. Yeah. As weird as it might sound, because this would sound like it's revisionist history, but so help me, in 2016, Dexter Fowler was a top-tier free agent. That's where my mind first went. Wilson Contreras was a top-tier free agent. Yep. But 
this year, but but how many people were really bidding on Dexter Fowler and Wilson Contreras? There were teams, but there weren't the level of this. Right. So in a way, I think it's a, subconsciously a referendum for some who live here. Like, man, these guys aren't choosing to live here and be a part of this community. In addition to them not coming here leads to the baseball being subpar or not really. They might be competitive in the Central, but not really world championship caliber. And so I think that is also a part of it for the direction that the region has been on. Take your pick of whatever date you would want to cite, but certainly one of the landmark ones being losing an NFL franchise in the Mm -hmm. last decade. Mm -hmm. So I think that is an element of the conversation that increases the anger and the emotion. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line. You can chat in the YouTube chat. It is very active, Jackson. Cheeky Valentino's in there. About time. Yeah, he's in there. Uh, We'll take a break. We have this little Piddles Thoroughfare Tuesday. Yeah. Thoroughfare Thursday works because the... Yeah, that's a real alliteration. I need to figure out something better for Tuesday. I'll do that in the break. Toll booth Tuesday. That's nice. Sonny has a toll booth. Yeah, Santino Corleone, spoiler alert. Uh, So that's uh, coming up here on this program, which is called Balloon Party, and it airs on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN and YouTube. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. And we welcome you to participate in said show by texting an air comfort service text line 314-399-9646 or the YouTube chat. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Somebody DM'd me on Facebook. And said, if you want to join this fan page that Jackson started. What? <laughs> hey, Tim, to join the balloon party on Facebook, type in Balloon Party St. Louis. There you go. So if you want to be on it and you want to kill us on Facebook throughout the course of the day, now you can do it. How great will that be? That will be lovely. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, what do we have for question number one of the Thoroughfare Tuesday, Toll Booth Tuesday, presented by Angry Beaver? Yeah, I'm kind of in between because I have a question written down here, but I also have something I kind of freestyled while you were talking. It both has to do with the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the one I've written down and then kind of workshop my own mental uh, okay. question I had earlier. Will Piddle's hypothetical time. Do you think there would be a point when the Cardinals would take a look at the free agent landscape and decide there is no solid deal available and look more towards the trade market and then also develop young arms in the big leagues for 2024. Would the fan base erupt if no free agent pitchers are signed? What if it is nobody of note? Oh, so many questions in there. Uh, My belief has been that they will sign two pitchers and trade for another. That is what I think. And I worry what the terms of the deals will be, but maybe they won't have to give up a bunch of years. I don't know how you get one of the top guys and not give up a bunch of years. With that all said, um, if they do that, then they certainly will have a shot to be competitive next year. But you have to do a whole hell of a lot. And competitive is different than being a championship team. Right. Although with this new baseball playoff format, it truly does become, you know, let's see if San Diego State can meet Florida Atlantic for the NCAA championship. That smarts doesn't. I'm not going after you. I know. Uh, okay. I, right. I, w- I, w- I would agree. Last year okay. was a weak Final Four. Okay. So, um, with that all established, uh, yes, I think I think we are going to we're going to have one of two things in the next month. 
Here are the two things that I will lay out for you. All And you've called me a little Nostradamus boy. That's what you sometimes call me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's actually longer, but I shortened it to little yeah, Nostradamus boy. Yeah, there's an M and an F. Little Nostradamus boy. We will either have Cardinal fans raging at the Cardinal organization over the next few weeks. And I mean rage like I've never seen in my lifetime in this market. Mm-hmm. And that's going back now. Yeah. Or I will be critical of deals that fans love, and they will be raging at me. Mm. I've seen both happen. Yeah. Well, to smaller extents. Yes. But that, that, is, that is what I expect. Yeah. I do not expect... I mean, because there's no way that you can bring in Aaron Nola for like a two-year... <laughs> you know, well, team-friendly deal. Right. Hometown discount. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. No. But the expectation of the fan base is either Nola or Snell. It truly is. Now, that's not everybody. I want to make that clear because you can text in and say, well, I don't expect that. I understand that. Not speaking for 100%. But I do believe more than half of people who are passionate Cardinal fans are expecting one or the other. And and maybe that happens. But then on the other side of it, it's a deal that you're going to go, oh, my God. The Cardinals, same group. Wouldn't go after Max Scherzer nine years ago, but now they have just given Aaron Nola, you know, take your pick of whatever number would, would absolutely floor you. Right. Um, and the thing about free agency that I just want to keep saying is if Nolan Snell don't want to pitch here, they're in a number that the Cardinals can put out there. Right. And that's kind of the question I had freestyled is like, we're looking at this from such a Cardinal perspective, but let's look at it from... Well, it's like when, like, I wasn't that upset about Missouri losing to Georgia. I mean, I was upset about it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, Georgia's a great team and they didn't make any mistakes. There's two teams out there. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to go, well, you know, that's a great team and they executed and Missouri made mistakes when they... There's two people involved in these discussions. There's the team and then there's the, the player. And if the player doesn't want to come here for whatever reason... What can the Cardinals do? Right. Cardinals wanted Stanton. Thank God he didn't want to come here. Cardinals wanted David Price. Thank God he didn't want to come here. Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward. Same deal. Right. So, you know, that's that's the spot when it comes to free agency. That's why I do expect there to be trades. But the thing when it comes to the trades is you're still giving away currency. Oh, yeah. It's just player currency. Yep. And I, hey, if you think glass, and not that anybody says this, this is a straw man city, but just for example, if you think like the Braves are going to go Tyler O'Neill free agent after next year, sure, glass now, here he is. You know, I mean, it's going to cost you something. When they're looking for pitching, too. Right. Yeah, I know. When they're looking for pitching, but they got to lower their payroll, and he's going to make $25 million this year. I don't know. I just, it's, it's, they are in a damned if you do, damned if you don't spot. Right. But no one wants to take the side of the Cardinals. You talk about City and you talk about the Blues to a lesser extent. And I think in St. Louis, fans will reason their way to wind up defending the MLS franchise or the uh, NHL franchise. But when it comes to the Cardinals, they have such little equity at the moment with the fan base that they don't get the benefit of the doubt. And I also, I, I go back to this, I just don't think they communicate particularly well, both with tone and content, 
what their situation is. And I think they've set themselves up with some really bad statements, such as we're going to increase payroll, except we didn't. Well, if you look at it, literally we did. Well, that doesn't really resonate. We're going to get three pitchers in August. Well, now we're going to try to get two pitchers. Doesn't resonate. Makes people feel like they're being lied to. And maybe the intent in the moment was legitimate and pure, but if you don't deliver on words and promises to people, it can backfire in a major way. And that's why I think they are in a spot of their own creation in part. Yeah. So it's a real damned if you do, damned if you don't spot. Yeah. And they're kind of on a Ripken-like streak of making bad statements in a row. You know, yes. when you come to increasing payroll and Wilson Contreras might play the outfield and if you take Marmol into it, O'Neill's whole situation, and now we're going to be competitive even though we have you know, a tough market ahead of us. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a spot. Jeff Passan Jackson wrote a, uh, an exclusive content piece on ESPN.com. I subscribed to it, so I was able to read it. It just came up a couple hours ago on ESPN.com. And uh, talking about Otani, obviously, but then the free agent pitching market. Uh, and he writes, everyone wants pitching this winter. Like, seriously, everyone. Cardinals want three starters. The Red Sox are targeting a front-of-the-rotation type. The Orioles could thin out their position playing herd in a trade for a frontline starter. The Dodgers, even with a farm system loaded with arms, need to stabilize the rotation. The Braves are targeting a long-term rotation solution with only Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder under contract beyond this year. Binbacks want to add to Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. The Mets rotation beyond Sanga is all kinds of suspect. Beyond the teams you might have guessed, the Nationals are now hunting for pitching. So are the Royals and Pirates. That's not even considering the teams that could trade starters and turn around and sign replacements and free agently see like the Rays and White Sox because he mentions Glass now and Cease. Mm-hmm. Uh, or those on the prowl for relief help. The Rangers, Angels, and Mets. So, there it is. There's your competition. And I don't even believe he mentioned the New York Yankees. So that's what I'm saying. It's just going to be hyper competitive, which is going to drive the market up. And what a perfect time for Aaron Nola and Blake Snell. What a brutal time for the Cardinals. But people go, well, Bill DeWitt's a billionaire. He makes a bunch of money. The team makes a bunch of money. Spend it. And I understand that. But scrolling down in that column is the situation that the San Diego Padres have. And that is the other side of the coin when you spend it. Mm-hmm. There is a reason the entire industry believes the San Diego Padres will trade Soto, their star 25-year-old outfielder this winter, and it's rooted in the belief that the Padres need to trim their payroll from $253 million last year to $200 million this season. The team has not acknowledged this publicly, but taking out a $50 million loan to cover payroll in September did little to discourage the idea. Here is what the Padres are committed to beyond Soto, who's up after this coming year. Yep. Machado, 10 years, $327 million. Tatis Jr., 11 years, $317 million. Bogarts, 10 years, $250 million. Cronenworth, 7 years, $80 million. Uh, all of those have a, a full no-trade clause, and with Cronenworth, he has a limited no-trade clause. Musgrove, four years, $80 million, full no-trade clause through 26. Hugh Darvish, five years, $78 million, full no-trade clause. Those are just six players who make up more than 700 oh, way more than that, getting close to a billion dollars in, in commitments that the Padres have. A team that just had to take out a loan in September to make payroll. Right. We talked about the Padres throughout the course of the year and wondered what they were doing. They're a team that's also dealing with the Bally situation, but fans don't want to hear that stuff. Right. That's just not what fans want to hear. Right. 
but you don't want to get into that spot. Whether it be Dexter Fowler, Brett Cecil, Mike Leake, potentially, eventually, or you're already there with Wilson Contreras, Albatross contracts can derail a franchise for years. And that's why you have to be very careful. And the short-term gratification you receive by winning November or December, you can pay for immediately in April or May. And the Cardinals experienced that last year with the Contreras thing, when he suddenly became a corner outfielder slash DH in May and then returned to catcher for uh, some of the games, but obviously not the number they were expecting. So you got to be careful. And that's the cautionary tale. The San Diego Padres, a comparable market to the Cardinals. You're always welcome to give your thoughts. 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. You can comment in the YouTube chat. Air Alliance team, sponsor of our cameras on the YouTube channel here, 101 ESPN. Jackson created this Facebook fan page. This is nice. This is like the starter packs thing. <laughs> You're responsible for yeah, that deal. Like a social media. Proud of that, though. Yeah, well, that, that's a great no account. Yeah, that is 100%. a great account. Uh, all right, we will uh, take a commercial break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party driven by Mug and Ass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for another 21 minutes. Then BK and Ferrario take over. Tim, how come you were so worried about the YouTube chat and you never read the text anymore? It's from the 314. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I feel like you do read the text yeah. often. I'd like to. If this person feels that way, then you know what, Jackson? Uh-huh. I have to respect those feelings. Oh, that's fair. Let me see what... Uh, Tim, please, I'll read the text that he sent in before. Tim, please answer this. If St. Louis would have upgraded the dome in 2010 like the Rams wanted, would they still be here? So that's the question he wanted answered. Um, I don't think so. Would have nullified that clause, though, would it not have? No, sir. That would have been then in the hands of the arbitrator who would have had to have decided whether or not the Dome was up in Ah. the top 25% of the NFL stadiums and upgrading the Dome was not going to get that building to the level of the top eight stadiums in the NFL. Yeah, I don't even know what you could have done to that stadium. Furthermore, the thing that I think kind of got forgotten during that conversation was even if the Rams had met the arbitrator's terms which was hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, because when they sided with the Rams, that's what it was. The Rams were only obligated to be here, I think, through 25, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was a 10-year extension. So you could essentially put in close to a billion dollars to revamp the Dome. and for them to leave. For them to leave a decade later. Yeah, boy. Now, if you really want to play this hand out, you can go, okay, well, then maybe somebody would have gone into the L.A. market over those 10 years and you would have kept them here and taken your opponent off the table. So if you want to play it out that way, you know, you see what I'm, do you follow what I'm saying there? Right. If you say, okay, we're going to meet those terms. Yep. 
and spend whatever that number was. I'm sure somebody will send in the exact number, but it was hundreds of millions of yeah, dollars to upgrade to that thing. They would have had to shut it down for a couple of years. I remember discussing on TMA, where would the Rams have played for those couple of years? Remember the Bears played at Memorial Stadium in Champaign for mm-hmm. a while while they redid Soldier Field, and that obviously fixed it. UI. I think they played the UI. They played a St. Louis University High School. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be lovely. Um, that they still could have moved in a decade, but between 2016 and 2025, would the Chargers or Raiders or right. take your pick of Panthers, Titans, something like Filled that. Fill the vacancy. Fill the vacancy. But you can't spend a billion dollars based on a bet that you're right. hoping. Right. And I guess the other hope is that in that time, you propose a new stadium, but then again, now you're yeah, spending... You just spent a billion dollars. Right, to, you spent two now, two billion to keep a franchise here of taxpayer money. That's correct. Yeah, that's going to be a tough thing to get through. So to answer this question, um, I would actually tell you that the thing that played a large role in the Rams leaving St. Louis, certainly Stan Kroenke, kind of goes without saying, if we were playing Family Feud, yeah, you know, there's about 71 number one answer votes there. Uh, this one would be a sneaker play. Uh, but if you want to steal the points from the other family, I would say, Steve, the estate tax. And then a good answer. Good answer. <laughs> That's what I would say. The estate tax. Because Chip and Lucia weren't looking to sell the team. They had to sell the team because of the estate tax. The magic that is, the estate tax. Team goes on the market. Shad Khan wants to buy it. Gets met with... Some wonderful latent racism from St. Louisans the day that was announced. And then Stan Kroenke exercises his right of first refusal and begins the process of saying, well, if you don't do this, we're going to go. And St. Louis goes, well, you have nowhere to go. So he starts driving around Inglewood late at night. Right. But that's normal. That's what he does. Well, you know, Malibu and Inglewood, about three minutes apart. Yep. Real short drive, especially late, late at night. Oh, like that's that. where you want to be. Mm-hmm. That's right where you want to be. And uh, and so he uh, he discovers that land that I'm telling you, I went out there, Jackson, in October of 2015, and I guess I can't say with any form of certainty, still have the pictures on my phone, my wife and I, uh-huh. a little strip mall, it was a little Target or something, right to the... Uh, south, I think, of, of where SoFi is now. And I go, I think they're already building a stadium. Mm-hmm. Now, the, 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 I'm going down to San Diego tonight to go to their town hall meeting, but boy, it looks like they're building a stadium here in Inglewood. So a stadium they're building? I'm telling you, there was all kinds of construction. Then we go to Carson, just a little to the south, and we show up, meet with the mayor of Carson, who asked if there was anything he could do for me or my family or anybody back in St. Louis. Thought that was a nice gesture. Like if I go out to, you know, Pine Lawn, right. would they offer me something? I mean, maybe I just need to visit mayors like, as a career now. Like, could you have said, like, I'd like some scented candles? <laughs> like, what if I would have said, I need $10,000 in cash in a suitcase by the time I walk out Small of here? Small bills, please. Or what he thought I was. I'm just a nitwit in from St. Louis. Uh, like, no, oh, I appreciate it. Family's good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> We go to Carson, show up. The gentleman who's handling security says, yes, we're here to, for the tour of the stadium site. Stadium site? This is a landfill. Oh, okay. And it, that was different <laughs> than what the angle was. Uh... It did, because it was, in fact, a landfill. Oh, so you, what you're kind of saying is all of that that was went on. Bull-ass. A little bit of theatrics. 
That's right. Mm. Now, I think, I, I look back and I think those who say Eric Grubman was not sincere, right. I'd like for you to give me 50 reasons why you feel that way. Right, right. Please. Because I thought those town hall meetings were genuine, mm-hmm. and I didn't pick up any reads of them being just checking off a box of the bylaws. No, that was an open forum of discussion. Thank you. When it was later discovered in those emails that he was an active partner in the whole thing. No. Yeah. It makes one think that they may have already made the decision that the Rams would be moving even after they were on the stage in downtown St. Louis saying, it is our goal to keep the Rams in St. Louis because they said the same thing in Oakland and they said the same thing in San Diego. I went to them both. And again, when I went to that site of where SoFi is now, I'm telling you there were construction workers all over the place. Now, they might have just been demolishing Hollywood Park. I want to make that clear. But that I'm like... It'd be a nice stadium site here. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm driving through trash in Carson. Now there are two freeways that were right there, which made it traffic-wise more desirable. But they didn't want Mark Davis in there, and they didn't want Dean Spanos in there, and neither one of them were liquid enough to do it. But the steamer had the cash. The steamer got the votes. Jerry Jones forces the legislation through as the House whip, and there we go. St. Louis loses an NFL team. But they had a relocation committee, Tim, and they voted 5-1 to one in Why favor of the Carson Project. you are project. correct... But alas, the recommendation of the relocation committee for only the second time, I believe, in the history of the NFL on these committee recommendations, they went against it Mm. Mm. and uh, had a closed door meeting, which they usually reserve for Super Bowl locations and commissioner votes. So in the back of my mind, and I'm just going to say this, maybe I'm a controversial host, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure this was on the up and up. And I forget who the owner was that voted against the Carson Project and voted for the Inglewood Project. I can't remember what team he owns. Oh, he owns the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the team that has taken over St. Louis. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it slipped my mind. We're all a bunch of Marks. We're all a bunch of Mark-ass busters, I believe is what Ice Cube said in 91. Was that on the, Was that on No Vaseline? Somebody will look that up. We'll let you know on the other side of the break. You're listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Jackson. It's called Balloon Party. Act like you don't know. Good to be back. Yeah. How's things going in the YouTube chat? I'm not forgetting about the Air Comfort Service text line, though. Uh, I'm sure it's robust. I haven't taken a look yet today. I believe it is a Tupac quote from Hit 'em Up. That's from Jimbo Slice. Jimbo Slice. Yeah, you know, we had Kimbo Slice in studio in TMA, yeah. and he passed away like two weeks later. Yeah. And we had Ron Palillo on the show, and I'm not making this up. He passed away later that day. Yeah, I remember. Didn't he come on sounding kind of ill? Like I guess, coughing? Yeah. yeah. Ugh, brutal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but uh, we never had Tupac on. We're still working on that because uh, I think there's a chance he's living somewhere in uh Turks and Caicos. Jackson, uh, what else do we have on this? Sure. What else do we have on this Little Piddles Thoroughfare Tuesday? Toll Booth Tuesday? What do you think about Tuesday turbulence? Because we get in this plane, it starts shaking. <laughs> I kind of like it, actually. Right, hell yeah. Tuesday turbulence, baby, presented by the Angry Beaver. <laughs> there it is. The Athletic has the Missouri Tigers playing SMU 
And a water ball has just been thrown, kind of like Joe Milton threw that ball on uh, Saturday. Yeah, same kind of hang time. Big time, yeah. I couldn't make the catch. Uh, SMU in the Peach Bowl on December 30th. That would be in Atlanta. If the Tigers run the table and do, in fact, play in a New Year's Six Bowl, Peach Bowl or otherwise, do you think fans will retain interest for the bowl compared to other years when they played in the lesser bowls? Would you anticipate a lot of players playing in the game? And uh, how disappointed would you be if the opponent was, in fact, SMU? Was the first question, would fans be interested if it's SMU? Is that what you're saying? No, if it's like, do you think the New Year's Six Bowl would gain a lot more interest from fans than some of the bowls they played in, in previous years? Like a considerable amount more. Back during the courtship of my wife. Uh-huh. We'll celebrate 12 loving years this uh, weekend, Jackson. And I look forward to your anniversary gift. You always come up with something special for us. Right, yeah. Very personal gifts. It's usually handmade. They are handmade, thank you. Crafted, actually. Uh, she said, you always ask answer my questions with a question. But I'm going to do that to you here since I can't do it to her anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is, what would you rather have? SMU in a New Year's Six game, the Peach Bowl, as the Athletic is currently predicting. And of course, these predictions mean nothing because right. Missouri has to win and all these other teams have to win. But nonetheless, just for the purpose of the discussion, would you rather have SMU in the Peach Bowl, which is a New Year's Six game, it's on December 30th, or... Would you rather have Notre Dame in the ReliQuest Bowl, which is not a New Year's Six? But also the ReliQuest, I think, is played on the first, isn't it not? I think... Uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take that. I'd much rather... It's opponent more so for me than... That's right. That's where I am. Than, so Gabe yesterday on Power Mizzou writes, he thinks it's going to be Washington. I kind of like that. I, I like the idea of Washington not being in the college ball playoff. I'm not anti-Washington. A lot of Huskies fans out <laughs> I was about to say, Husky faithful's coming right for your head, brother. <laughs> but I could see Oregon. Oregon's actually... Oregon State's a two-point favorite. I, I asked you that on TMA this morning. Yeah. I'm like, God, I really like Oregon State this weekend. Night game in Corvallis, huge for them. They're ranked ahead of Missouri right now. That's a sneaker play of the year. But then I'm like, oh, they're giving points. Yep. They're giving points. So now I'm like, i got to back off that. Because I was like, oh, maybe if Washington's favored by six or something, I'll be all over Oregon State. Now Oregon State's giving them two points. Anyway, Washington's going to have to win there. They got Washington State's not bad either. Mm-hmm. And then they got to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. They have to win all of those to get there. So that's a tough spot for them. I think Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12 on a neutral field. That's where my money would go. Um, I think their win at Utah is up there with Missouri's win against Tennessee as far as, holy crap, I can't right. believe that happened. Statement it's, wins. Statement win. Um, I, I, and I was talking a little bit about this on TMA this morning. There are some Missouri fans, hey, I'm not saying they're wrong, that want to like, see Missouri play Iowa or something like that because they consider it a likely win. Yeah. Oh, okay, I hear what you're saying. Not because it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, me and 10 of my friends have a better offense than <laughs> Iowa. And I'll be honest with you, I can't see over the offensive line. Right, but that's because you're a scat back. I can't. I cannot. I cannot see over the offensive line, but it makes me dangerous back there. Right, especially in the shotgun. <laughs> There's a little step stool so I can yeah. toss passes barely over the offensive Timmy line. Timmy hard count is what they call it. They do, they do. yep. That uh, I would love to see... Missouri play Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon. Yeah. Especially this year. And let me tell you why. Because I think this year Missouri may be one of the best damn teams in all of college football. And you want another statement win? Beat one of those programs in a New Year's Six Bowl. That's going to mean a hell of a lot more 
than beating, and it's nothing against Iowa. Iowa fans know what they've got offensively. I mean, you know, and it's not necessarily a national brand. I know Missouri's not a national brand. I know who we are here. Uh, but, hey, that's that's what I would love to see, especially this year. I get why Eli Drinkwitz may have dodged Kansas last year. He didn't have a whole lot of equity, and if he loses to the arch-rival school in a bowl game, he is even more of a liability for his coaching contract going into this season. He could have exposed himself. So if they did avoid Kansas, which I think they did, per Brett McMurphy, I believe that report myself, uh, I understand it. But this is a year, if you're healthy... You may have one of the best teams in the country. Sucks the playoff doesn't exist this year because I'd love to see. I'd take Agreed. my chances. Missouri neutral site. If you can nearly win in Athens. You can beat anybody. You can play with anybody. Not to say that they would, but they absolutely could. I, I so this year, I'd love to see that. So it would be a real letdown if they wind up playing the group of six. Yeah. SMU or Tulane. And it's nothing against those teams. I honestly had no idea SMU was even in the mix. I always thought it was just going to be Tulane. But now they're saying it might be SMU. And that's a real letdown. Yeah. It the season, be. you want it to end with Georgia and a battle on CBS. The skull pounding of Tennessee ideally wins against Florida and Arkansas, which are not guarantees. Nope. Uh, but certainly they will be double-digit favorites in both or 10-point favorite against Florida. And then... Ohio State, Michigan, even Penn State, and whatever they're doing offensively, the tribute to the 1920s they have going there. Oregon, Washington, maybe Florida State loses somewhere along the line and you wind up playing that. I don't know. Something like that. A big-time program and... You know, win or lose, it's still a great year. Do you remember who they lost to last year? You might, but 99% of the population doesn't remember. It was Wake Forest, right? Mm -hmm. I barely do. Did that set them back for this year? Uh, Not in my book. Right. So get that opportunity. Go down there and show what you did against Georgia and Tennessee and finish with 11 wins and number five or six in the country. That's what I say. Doing that against Iowa or SMU ain't going to do it. Jackson, it's time for us to go. BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McCartney. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess Burkhard, Alton Toya on 101 ESPN and YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.